Fusion Patrol is a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can help support us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Each week, we look at a different science fiction TV episode or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And tonight we're looking at the third episode of Nigel Neal's Beasts. This episode entitled Buddy Boy. Dave, porn theater impresario, and Jimmy, his right-hand man, meet up with Mr. Hubbard outside the abandoned Finneyland, former indoor dolphinarium and now abandoned wreck of a building. Dave is looking for a place to open his newest porn theater, and Finneyland might just be the renovatable dump he's looking for. The place is in a right mess as they hear Hubbard's tale of running a dolphinarium. They had a dolphin die, their star and smartest of the bunch, Buddy Boy, and he just had to get rid of the others before they died too, because that's how dolphins do. Hubbard seems very upset by the whole thing, Scared, even. While there, they find Lucy, a squatter and former employee at the park. She's a mousy, messed-up sort of young woman, obsessed with the dolphins and Buddy Boy in particular. Lucy clears off. Hubbard wants a deal. Now. But Dave wants an inspector to come in. Looks like the deal's off. But as Dave is leaving, Hubbard hears the sounds of a dolphin and runs out, telling Dave he can bring in an inspector. He's really scared now. Back at Dave's peekaboo club after some gratuitous nudity, Dave is explaining to Jimmy that Hubbard is scared and desperate to sell, but he's worried he might be mixed up and afraid of the mob, and that could be bad for him. He's having second thoughts about the deal. Back at the theater, Dave has got his inspector looking for things wrong with the building so that he can negotiate a better price. Lucy is there, and she tells him about Buddy Boy and how when he got sick, the other dolphins tried to keep him alive. Although she doesn't know what happened exactly before he got ill, Buddy Boy had a mind of his own, and he wouldn't do the routine as planned. Hubbard and the trainer had to show him who was boss. As she fantasizes about when the park was open, Dave hears the sound of a dolphin. Lucy passes out from exertion and lack of food. Dave takes her and feeds her and also gets more info. After getting more info, Dave surmises that Hubbard's attempts to dominate Buddy Boy left him fatally injured, but without marks allowing him to collect on the insurance money. He thinks that the presence of Lucy is causing his guilt to manifest. Meanwhile, Hubbard has been hearing noises in his apartment and his health is failing. He needs to sell that property and leave on holidays. He fixes a meeting with Dave at Hubbard's luxury apartment. Hubbard's lawyer strongly opposes the terrible terms of the deal on offer from Hubbard, but Hubbard will have none of it. He's unwell, and he just needs to get rid of that property before he leaves on holidays. Dave shows up with a check for a fraction of what Hubbard is asking. He also brings in Lucy, which rattles Hubbard so much that he agrees to the absurdly small figure and even lets Dave take over his apartment. Deal done. Hubbard is gone. 
That night, a triumphant Dave in his new digs takes Lucy into his bed. He's into it, but Lucy is indifferent about the whole mechanical process. Until she starts thinking about Buddy Boy, and then she goes wild in the sack. Dave is impressed. It's always the mousy ones that really surprise you, innit? Post-coital, Lucy heads to the bathtub and drowns herself. And what the hell did I just watch? Okay, Buddy Boy. Buddy boy, uh, uh, oh, I, I, what'd you think of buddy boy? Now you're talking, now <laughs> you're talking. This is, this, I've been pretty indifferent to the first couple of episodes. I mean, they're good, they're well-crafted, but there's nothing that stands out about them. But this one, I immediately... I, I I can I can definitely imagine rewatching this. I almost immediately wanted to rewatch it because I was thinking, what the hell? It did not go in the direction that I expected. It went several different directions that I completely didn't expect, and I wasn't quite sure what was going on. But this is different. I mean, this is uh, is that this is quite unexpected and. It's definitely got the, the, you know, the something else that makes it memorable in a way that uh, perhaps the other stories weren't to me. Wow. Okay. I I, I can't think of a, a, a more sordid and underwhelming story that I've seen and would, would knock this one down into Nigel Neal's um, worst thing I've seen. <laughs> all, <laughs> its, all its work. Um, I, I will agree it didn't go in any direction I expected, but... It it's unpleasant. That's the word. Unpleasant <laughs> across the yeah, board. Yeah, definitely. Def, yeah, it's yes, it's quite. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying during Barty's party was pleasant though. But there's definitely mm. there's definitely an edge to this one. It's got it, it, something much more interesting about it and the relationships within it. Huh. Okay. Um. What is what is Neil trying to tell us in this story? And I, and I am working on the assumption that he is trying to say something. I don't know. Okay. Um, I, because I because I still I still don't I still don't entirely I still don't entirely know what kind of story we just watched. The, the, okay. There's a lot. There's a lot. Of, well, in the sense that. I mean, it's you, you can. I'm not sure pigeonholing tells you that much about it. But first episode was a a, a paranormal episode. Yeah, definitely. I'm not sure exactly what Neil was trying to tell us in that story either. Um, but you know, something about uh, crazy adolescence and um, actually, I'm not sure what Neil was trying to tell us in that story. Second story was science fiction this story i don't know i don't know i mean is buddy boy even a ghost was it a ghost story about a dolphin because that you know that that on its own is a is a is a fantastic premise um but i'm not sure that we actually i'm not sure we did have a a ghost there there were points through the story where 
I mean, the things that the things that are pointing to the ghosts were the, were the were that Hubbard. So there's a Hubbard strand. One of the stories is all about Hubbard, and obviously the the interesting element about Hubbard is the is the backstory. What what did Hubbard do, um, and what what did Buddy Boy do, or is Buddy Boy or the ghost of Buddy Boy doing? in revenge because there is definitely an implication that well hubbard at least believes in the ghost of buddy boy i think i'll i'll go with that i think even he if does. there isn't a ghost hubbard is sincere in in his belief then at, at points i thought well is is lucy possessed by buddy boy in some way i mean i i thought she might be a manifestation of the spirit of Buddy Boy, except that then Hubbard recognised her, and so you realised that uh, she, you know, she had she she'd been around at the same time as Buddy Boy, but that doesn't preclude the possibility that there was some form of um, dolphine possession going on there. But actually, the more the more I watched it, the more I kind of thought. No, actually, what we have here is more obsession than possession. Yeah, I think I'll go with that. It is something akin to you know the the way other teenage girls, or I mean, she's she's a a bit older, but you know, teenage girls and horses, that kind of thing. Oh dear. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought that was just a Catherine the Great rumor. Um, oh, Oh. Uh, yeah, she's she's definitely obsessed, and I'm not sure that. Well, no, I'm I'm sure that about halfway through it, I was pretty sure it was sexual, and then confirmed that by the end. Which okay, um, that's uh, that. There, there is something being said here. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I, yeah, and I, I'll I agree, agree with you that there. I, I, right, you could look at um, uh, Brightway Billy um, and say that is just a horror story about a supernatural event and how people react to it. You don't have to have a. You don't have to be saying anything. Um, they, they could be saying something about the squalid nature of of the people there and and lack of compassion uh, for the for the weird one but that's incidental to the story and or to the to the event, the melodrama that's going on and then the rat one I think is also telling us during Barty's party is telling us something about it because we're talking about the the collapse of I think it's Roger and the the holding it together of Angie relative to their original roles going into the story. So again, it's it is about what happens to people in these dress situations. This one, obviously, they're beating the sex angle over your head in in any number of different ways. And we we already know that Nigel Neal has got a thing about TV that 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 sort of let's call it permissive progressive uh aspect of of society which you know we saw a bit of in in the sex olympics um but obviously he's not opposed to using it in his stories 
in, in, I guess, what would be considered an artistic sense. I mean, the girl coming in and getting her, getting her breasts out is both completely artistic. and utterly gratuitous, but at the same time, it is absolutely emphasizing the dehumanizing nature of this business and these people and how they are divorced from the human connection there. I mean, he, there is, he yeah, yeah, barely there is, gives him a look. There and, is, there, okay, there is, there is a theme then there, I guess. Is the link the link you're working towards the the between the Peekaboo Club and Finneyland in the sense that both Hubbard and Dave are using Hubbard's using the dolphins as objects to entertain the public. Dave's doing something yeah. similar with the girls who work in his club. Maybe, maybe. Um... There certainly is. is well, that it's not parallel. with the girls who work in his club. It's it's because it, because that that's not the business he's in, is it? He actually dismisses right. that. He's he's yeah. into into showing films. And and I mean the interesting thing about Dave, um, because he, there is a there is a. I mean, obviously that that's the the big guest role, Martin Shaw, and there is a a, a kind of enigmatic quality. To his character, not particularly enigmatic, but he's not—he's not as um, he has pretensions. Let me put it that way. He, okay. Yep. He he knocks down Jimmy when when uh, he brings in the usherette and makes various other suggestions about it because quote he he's into making it classy. This this being a man who owns a club called. The Peekaboo, Peekaboo Club, uh huh. Um, but it's therapy uh, now. He, he he even goes into it. I mean, I, I I missed the reference, but I'm yeah. I'm halfway thinking he's referring to the same commission that we were making talk of in in Doomwatch and Sex and Violence about how that is now okay and it's part of the culture and it's it's therapy even it's it helps these people. I mean, he is he's laying it on thick there. And I can't tell if he believes it or he is using it as an excuse to exploit it. I think it's the latter, but well, I, well, I mean, I think there's, I think there's an element of self delusion in him. He, I think, I think, I think he believes quite a lot of the stuff that he says. He's not, he's not especially self aware. So when he, you know, when he's going on about all this class and stuff, he genuinely thinks the stuff he's talking about is classy. But at the same time, he is—he is—he's uh, interested. He's—he's interested in thinking about things. He—he's not—he doesn't behave in a mindless way. He is—he is trying to to examine what's in front of him. So when he's faced with this deal over whether to buy Finneyland from Hubbard, he's interested in why Hubbard is so desperate to sell. Yeah. Not just because it matters to him in terms of making the deal, because in a certain sense you could go, well, he's desperate to sell. All I've got to do is just make a rock bottom offer, because it doesn't matter why he's desperate to sell. Well, he mentions the you know the gangsters. He does mention so the mark, that's yeah. But I but I actually think he becomes interested in the question for its own sake, and 
he sees in uh, Hubbard sees in Lucy a problem, you know, a squatter, someone to throw out. Dave, I got the sense initially at least, sees in Lucy someone who can provide him with information because she, you know, she obviously knows she knows where the bodies are buried in terms of of Hubbard and and Vinnyland, and it costs him next to nothing to give her a Chinese takeaway and ask her a few questions in exchange and i i don't think he's a, a particularly cruel man i think he i think he's he's interested in helping her as it, long as it doesn't cost him too much and as long as it you know is in his interests to do so but but when she collapses and when he decides to take her and feed her all of that seemed very businesslike or yeah. I could I could interpret as that, except for the part where he picks her up and he says something like, you need help and I'm just the guy that can give it to you, and then kisses her. Yes. Before taking her out, which I like, is he trying to, is he trying to use the lure of of sex to get her to trust him or is he taking an interest in her or does he just simply not know how to interact with other human beings and obviously he's the canny one of the bunch i i, I would have believed his coming to let, let's pretend care uh, about her by the end of the story more if he hadn't led with the drag you off, kiss you, and then feed you, and then go right back to trying to get information from her. That was clouded my opinion of what the heck he was doing. But then this is a man who I could believe would use sex as a tool because that's what he does for a living. But I don't think that's what he's doing. I don't think that's what he's doing. I I don't either, which is why that kiss sort of well it's so it's not chaste it's so weird i mean it's just it just that is just not the moment to kiss somebody it it just isn't it it, it it's like nope can't figure out what you're doing there so, and then off you go and as if it never happened so i don't know but, but you're right i mean it, it's not exactly chaste but it's not a very sexy kiss no it's aggressive yeah yeah so there is, there is um, yeah there's something there's something weird going on there that develops his interest in her develops and it's 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 strange it seems to me strange you know here's a 22 year old dolphin freak and here's a, mm-hmm. a kind of self-styled um pornographic entrepreneur Emperor. she doesn't seem Pornever. his type no and yet by no. the end of it, he's completely into her, like there is some sort of dolphin possession of him going on. She's obviously got an interest in him in the sense that she doesn't want him to transform Finneyland. She doesn't mm-hmm. want him to turn it into a, a cinema or whatever. So, you know, you, you wonder whether she is using sex, yeah, maybe, but... Um, Whatever, whatever, whatever it is, it's, it's it, the the hypnotic allure or whatever it is that uh, she she seems to be exercising. 
Well, I don't know if it if it just spoils the rest of the discussion, but I guess we will have to go in for the in for the kill here uh, at the at the end because it seems like the right time when they are in the apartment at the end. Well, a nice bit of uh, nice bit of uh, budgetary savings there by uh, uh, giving the apartment over to to Dave, so we don't have to have a different set. Well, um, we, yeah, well, we have had several <laughs> sets in this episode. I mean, come on, yeah. this is. Yeah, the last couple of episodes they managed to do pretty much everything in one or one or two sets. Yeah, um, she comes on to him, right? Make love yeah. to me. Yeah, and where would that have gone? Would things have gone differently if Jimmy hadn't shown up with his two um, uh, young young women? Um, Good question. And and interrupted the mood because she was into it. And then after that happened, she she wasn't into it, but she went ahead with it until she started fantasizing about Buddy Boy. Did the did the reality of who Dave was and who Dave associates with interfere there with the the what she was trying to get out of that or and 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 so now disillusioned she once again turned from human to dolphin in her mind and so therefore set up her eventual suicide as well or was it always her thinking about the dolphin and she was just getting the action going so she could fantasize about having sex with a dolphin I cannot believe I just said that sentence. <laughs> I think I I don't know. I mean I I don't know. I think it makes sense. I don't know if it is the answer, but I think it is an answer that she that she is she is using him it's it the the point at which the point at which his interest in her develops is entirely from where they talk about what he is going to do with Finneyland and the possibility that he might turn it, well, I mean, her discovery that he is interested in turning it into a cinema. You know, that is, that is the point at which he then kisses her and then there is this, there is this um, progression through he makes the deal and so she knows that's where he's going with it and then... The, the final scenes that we are seeing a, a, a seduction so I don't I don't know I don't know if you're I don't know if your reading of that that interruption is quite correct she comes on to him it's yep. true by the time he's got rid of Jimmy and come back she's taken her tank top off so I think she's still she's still on the same trajectory I think hadn't he already done that no. hadn't she already lost her tank top before they came in no, she no. He's she's wearing it when when as she says, uh, whatever it is, make love to me, and then and then I thought they started he, undressing at that point, and then Jimmy burst in. But okay, I'll uh, unlike you, I probably will not go revisit this one for to try to make a deeper dive. <laughs> dive dolphin area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very uh, good, very good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there wasn't much diving in it since. Uh, yeah, the the only water was in the bathtub, which wasn't that deep. Um, yeah, deep enough. <laughs> it was deep. Well, yeah, that's it was true. Deep enough. 
<laughs> Another thing that's kind of... If you of, don't have gills and you're not a fish. Or a, or a, or a mammal, yeah. And a blowhole. Um, I, I, the other thing that confuses that whole final sequence is she's she's into it she gets she gets really into it and of course he doesn't know what she's thinking we do because of the superimposition of her of her uh fantasy um but um when they're done he does if if there was any evidence that he cared for her i feel like he loses that in the moments afterwards where he's like, wow, we need to get you on film. Like, ah, uh, uh, okay. Uh, and that's the point where she gets up and she's, she leaves. She didn't look exactly, I don't know. Is that what put her off? Realizing that he still doesn't care for her. He doesn't. That depends, that depends on, what do you, buddy boy cares put, for me. Put her off in what sense? It, she certainly didn't seem thrilled with the idea, right? I mean, she no. was she was kind of they were kind <laughs> of cuddly and kind of cuddly and and not she wasn't like depressed or anything. And then he's like, "I should put you in porn films." And she goes, "Huh." huh. And then she goes yeah. to the bathroom and kills herself. Uh, <laughs> and he does ask her as she's walking away, "Is that is a problem? Thing you problem with that?" And she's like, "Eh." <laughs> It's true, she, actually. She, she, very, she is very into him afterwards. Yeah, does, at least that does maybe she's my, still my theory of of, uh, of her using of her using him. And and he, and he, I would go so far as to say he betrays her there at that moment. He betrays what she thinks he thinks of her. Because I can understand she she is mousy, um, and so I, I suspect that. You know, in the world of television stereotypes, she has spent her life feeling inferior to the the hot girls. And uh, so, you know, Jimmy barrels in with a couple of nice ones. I can see how she would feel threatened. I can see how she would feel, you know, bothered by the notion of what they are and why they're there. And what kind of person we think Dave might be. Uh, to to even Jimmy thinking this would would fly, and Dave throws them out in what I think is a typical behavior for him. I don't know for sure, but he certainly is more into her, into Lucy, and what was going to happen than he was with those two women. So I could see how she might take that as wow, he just threw over two hotties for me. He must really love me. Because she seems that kind, and as written, and and then as soon as he's done with it, I'm going to turn you into one of them. So it, it's it's um I don't know I don't know, and that's why this I thing don't is know. so many. I don't know. I, I just find it harder to read her than that. There is there is definitely a sense in which because I'm not sure that she is comparing herself to anyone. She is younger than her years, I think. The the the, mm-hmm. the fact that she has this kind of this teenage obsession with these mammals in in a quite horsey way. The fact that she, I mean, when he when he comes back after throwing Jimmy out, she's literally sucking her thumb. As far as I can see, there is something quite childlike about her. Um, 
Yeah, she's she's definitely was. I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I don't, I do not know what to make of this. I I think did not enjoy it, but I did not know what to make of it. Um, the, I, you, I mean, I, you know, I wanted to take a, I wanted to take a bath after watching this, but <laughs> but then I didn't because I would be afraid I'd be raped by a ghost dolphin. Um, <clears throat> or you might you, you might be inspired by the dolphins to kill yourself. Yeah, because that's the other thing. I, I'm I'm wondering what went on at the end. There, I think your theory that that you you can watch you can watch that sequence, and it's and it supports what you've suggested in that she she almost seems to be transferring her affections from Buddy Boy. It is like it is like a kind of a rite of passage. She's growing up. She's throwing off the the kind of foolish teenage obsession with the horse substitute. And she's she's found a, a man with whom she's now going to have a grown up relationship. And then he takes her to bed and then as you say, he betrays her. And so she she finds herself rejected again and and ends it all. Knowing that but the theatre is going to be destroyed or the dolphinarium is going to be destroyed. Quite possibly. <laughs> I'm not sure she cares about the dolphinarium. She cares about it because it is where the spirit of buddy boy is and Symbolic. i can't help yeah. i can't help i cannot help making i'm sure it must be a deliberate connection this whole speech that hubbard gives about the dolphins killing themselves you know once once one goes they all go up kill, you know, whether they're killing themselves or whether they're you know they're, they're they're dying off pining away whatever it is no fair enough the, that's what the she connection did. between that and what she does at the end given that I'd spent half the episode thinking she is actually somehow spiritually a dolphin. <clears throat> okay, I'll, I'll go along with that. That, that. that parallel has to be there. I suspect that there's also a parallel um, between the fact that uh, Buddy Boy was an alpha male. Yeah. And so too was Dave. Yes. In this story. So... There's that. I think. I think the the parallel I was thinking we got we got sidetracked about the, the sex theater and the dolphinarium. It's not just that they're both exploiting for entertaining audiences. It's about the fact that the dolphins are basically disconnected from their nature, and right. It, it's it's that. I'm not exactly sure how how it links but i feel like it's there there there's there this disconnect there, between I mean, sex and connection and there's a a, a disconnect watching, between uh, yeah you're watching sex as a spectacle rather than sex as a without wishing to get too poetic here but well it's yeah or as an act of love or as an act of procreation or whatever it's you know you, what what you're doing is you're is you're taking something from its natural context in order to provide a spectacle so, uh, it, 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 in in that you know in in that respect, again, I just this feels so much like Neil is trying to say something, and I just not sure that it is hitting home. Well, it's not hitting home because I'm not sure what it is. Um, I, I, he's against porn and dolphinariums. I think maybe we can draw that. I think we can draw that. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. 
I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, <sighs> I'm fascinated at, no, comically amused at the ambition of the production team to try to convince me that that little thing was big enough for a dolphinarium. Um, not too long ago here in Arizona, they opened a dolphinarium because, you know, everybody knows the middle of the freaking desert's a perfect place to bring, uh, dolphins. Um, and, you know, and they started to die. So, and then it, it got closed down, but I mean, huge, huge in comparison to that. I mean, that, that fish tank was not, that wasn't as big as my swimming pool is maybe deeper, but it was the fact that they tried to pass that off as being something that you could fit three dolphins and trainers and and do a show is either comically overambitious in what they had the budget and space for or really, really beyond, beyond cruelty there. Um, and, and I'm not sure which they were going for, but... I don't know. I don't know what uh, what you know in in the seventies, what the standards would have been for that, or indeed you know just from a practical point of view, how small a tank you could make it before the dolphins started to die. But I'm sure there would be a budgetary consideration. I did wonder whether the line about the chairs having been sold off was uh, added in to save them a few bob on actually kicking it out. <laughs> you don't think they have that in the ATV prop department? <laughs> <laughs> I think if they'd had chairs in there, you would have realized that it was too small to have chairs. Could in there. be that. Could be that. I mean, I must say, I thought it looked very derelict. I liked, I liked what they'd done to make it appear tumble down. It was that. It was that. To be fair. So, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what else. One, one thing that I, I read, uh, I will say, and I don't know if it's true, and. If it is, it it answers a question or it fills in a piece about the previous two episodes that we saw that I had not noticed. This is the first and only episode of Beasts with a musical score. Interesting. There definitely was one. Yes, I know. I noted it. I noted the composer at the end, but I didn't go so far as to, to check. I did say I did wonder whether he'd been the composer on the other episodes. And I and didn't now, go and check, which back, maybe revealed that there were no other scores. Thinking back now, I, I a, can't remember a score on the others. And B, I can see how that would have emphasized the staginess of them. True, Even although they were, they were staging. Score, but... I mean, this was, this was still quite theatrical, but it was, it was starting to take more advantage of the of the way it was, of the, you know, the nature of it being a, a television thing. So we had, we had uh, faster cutting between scenes. We had multiple sets, well, three at least. Um, we, goodness me, we even had some external shots. Yeah, yeah, film exterior locations, wow. Um, I, I was <laughs> bemused, let's use bemused, uh, when Dave is wandering around in amazement inside Hubbard's apartment at all of the amazing gadgets he has. A TV with a remote control. Lights that dim. 
This was the seventies. I know, I know, but it's still funny when you see. I remember. I remember vintage. those things being a novelty, and I wasn't born when this was made. <laughs> well, I, I certainly have had TVs in my life that did not have remote controls, but it is it is hard to envision him being well. Mm, no, I guess what it does is it emphasizes that he, despite the fact that he says he's classy, is not. He is not, indeed. He he is he is uh, lower class, moving beyond his moving beyond his station, or or with aspirations to move beyond his his station. So, eh, we didn't answer the question: Was the ghost ever real? I'm not sure that it ever was. I don't think it was. I, by the end of it, I did. I did not think it was. But I mean, it could have been. I. I don't. I put it this way. I don't think there's anything in it that would require you to read it as though the ghost was 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 actually real. I, I think it's kind of interesting that he had to murder his dolphin. Uh, let, let's say accidentally, but but murder nonetheless, and. Uh, in such a way that he would be able to collect on the insurance money. But I don't think that's resolved. I don't think I don't think we know exactly what did happen there and what level of culpability he had. No, no, it isn't, but I think I think we get enough evidence there that he definitely feels responsible. Feels, yes. Or yes. Or he yes, he feels he, he feels did that something for, for something sh- that he did, he is he is being punished slash Haunted by um, spectral the dolphin, dolphin that died as a result of, or consequently to those those actions. Yeah, which which I mean, we know at least were cruel, and and but we don't, you know, we don't know, we don't know a lot more. Which it, which is kind of fine it, uh, because it, the story does, like we say, go in a direction you totally didn't expect, and at first it seemed like that was the story. You know what. What was it that Hubbard had done, and in what way would the ghost of Buddy Boy wreak his terrible revenge, and how would how would Hubbard meet his well-deserved end? And that wouldn't have been Were as you interesting a story as what more, we got. Something more along the lines of what happened to uh, the store manager uh, yes, in yes, in the first yes. one. Some yeah, something much more ghostly manifestation and. Well, have you got anything else on this one? It was um, different. It was different. <laughs> it, I'm, 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 I'm very much. I've suddenly got. I've suddenly got interested in this series now. As as it was, it was you know it was it was craftsman like stuff, um, but not necessarily up to the standard of wow that i would expect from nigel neal but this was different i don't think i've ever seen anything quite like it i have never seen anything quite like it i will go so far as to say that 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 was that was and to be fair i probably would go out of my way uh to avoid seeing anything like it if i if i had had a clue as to what it was it it's and that you know that's a personal bias. I mean, there there are shows like Breaking Bad. I, you 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 couldn't get me to watch that in a million years, because um, I Wouldn't just say this never was exactly interested. like Breaking Bad. 
No, no, I wouldn't say that. But in other words, it's about a character who is, uh, by my definitions, scum of the earth, whatever his motivations. And I, I, I don't. I, I don't do and I don't care. Um, especially if they aren't going to solidly get their comeuppance. It's a little bit different in a short program like this where there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. But I, I don't, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think any justice was served in this episode no no again much more interesting for it <laughs> but um and so i just spent i spent i mean the opposite better part of an sense. hour in the in the company of unpleasant people which you know if i do that i but, can just go to a party or something no i think i think i think lucy is a sympathetic character who is the one who who dies in the end i mean yeah it's it's uh it's strange but um but interesting. The death of innocence. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else? Uh, I don't believe I do. No. Let's hope the next right. one is as good. <laughs> I hope the next one also is different. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go with that one. Uh, Simon, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure, as always. And listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at fusionpatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. Next time on Fusion Patrol, join Kenneth and I as we look at the Star Hunter Redux episode, Order. <laughs>